Welcome to our weekly Wednesday night shir, Baruch Hashem. We are able to give the shir tonight. We sit here. Yeah. The shir, Pashas Tazriya which is unique in its own right, because usually Tazriya and Mitzayra are together, but being that we had Baruch Hashem and Ibiyar, a leap year, 60 days of Simcha, so therefore, Tazriya is itself, and Mitzayra will be itself. We'll discuss Hashem after Pesach, the confusion that's going to ensue, as far as Pashis are concerned, since Achron Shal Pesach, Mitzayra Hashem will be on Shabbos, and that it's Israel, they don't have Achron Shal Pesach, so they're going to be laning the next ensuing Pasha. Whereas we will not be reading that Shabbos of Pasha <coughs> in Chutz Laretz. And we'll only start that a week later. Since we'll only start a week later, we'll have to catch up. And we catch up eventually. Don't get uh, too, sus- too high in the suspense. Pash Tazriya, this Shabbos is Pashas HaChodesh. Now, Baruch Hashem, it's enough that uh, the women, they, the Nashim Sitkanis, know so many halachas and dinim and everything. They don't necessarily know what the Dalat Parashis are all the days. They know that Zachar <coughs> have to go to Shul. Para, almost always have to go to Shul. <laughs> but it doesn't, they don't always associate Pashas HaChodesh as being Rish Chodesh Nisan, two weeks to Pesach. Because if they would, then we'd have a major problem on our hands. We'd be eating out of bags already on Pasha Chodesh. It's Rish Chodesh Nisan, which we read, HaChodesh Ezelachem Rish Chodashim. So the first Sefer Teda, we will read Pasha's Tazria. Six people will get Elias. The sixth guy, the sixth Aliyah, sixth guy, the sixth Aliyah gets an extra large Aliyah. They're not, I don't know, maybe check your shul before you get Shishi this week. They might charge extra for the mileage. The sixth Aliyah yeah, will be read until the end of the Parsha. The second Sefer Torah then will be taken out. In which they will read Reish Chodesh, Uvayim HaShabbos. That will be the seventh Aliyah. And finally, the third Sefer Torah, where they will read HaChodesh Ezelachem. The Kriya of Reish Chodesh obviously is Uvayim HaShabbos. It's not the regular whole Kriya of Reish Chodesh from Vaidabra Hashem. And therefore we have three Sifritera. There are those of opinion, which is a beautiful opinion. Um, I don't think the white women want to know about it on Arab, on Arab Pesach. But to make an extra kugel, there's three Sifritera. But it's an occasion, it's a simcha. Three Sifritera come out, and we lane for three different Sifritera. First time, huh? No. Shabbos Chanukah, Shredish, also we do it. Okay. 
do it often. It happens not often, but it happens enough. For sure. it's in Kastera, we do it every year. Of course, we have to discuss also the Pesach. But Pasha Tazria itself is a tremendously, tremendously powerful Pasha, of which gives us tremendous life lessons. Pasha Tazria, the word Tazria, Isha Ki Sazria Violda Zachar. A woman comes pregnant and has a child, has a boy. Talks about the wonderful, wonderful experience of life, the beginning of the life cycle, the bringing of a child into the world. A boy, if a boy is born, certain carbon, a certain amount of days of purity. If a girl is born, same, a different number. So, what more proper name would be than Tazriya. It's a beautiful name. <laughs> but we only read the first few lines and we talk about the, the birth of a child here, birth of a child, a girl, a boy. After that, all of a sudden, tell you the rest of the Pasha goes off talking about Nagoyim. If a person has a plague on his arm and is this in the house, in the, in the garments, in the, in the, in the furniture, Wow! According to the Gemara, if you keep your score at home, Nidarim Samachdalad on the days, 64 side 2 Nidarim, the Gemara says, Mitzeda Chashiv Kemes. A Mitzeda is considered like he's dead. So the entire Pasha, not the Mitzeda, the majority of the Pasha, discusses the Mitzeda, Tsaras, which is comparative to death whereas it's known as birth the passion is called birth perhaps according to the words of the Rambam where he talks about this at the end of Tumas Saras and he says Zashinui Ha'amur Bebegodim the difference, this is the difference said by garments, houses, stricken with the Toter refers to when it has Seras and the same similar name for it. It's not from the customs of the world. It's a sign, shock, wonder for the world, for the Jews. What for? To warn people about speaking Lashon Hara. Lashon Hara. What worse sin? Can we think about then Lashon Hara? It 
It is the epitome of an Aveda. Is the epitome, is the worst of the Avedas that the person can commit. A person who talks Lashon Hara changes the walls and the beams of his house. If he does tshuva, they can revert. They become purified. If he stands on his rishis and continues his Lashon Hara campaign, the house has to be destroyed. Things have to be, everything in the Kalim have to be destroyed. Leather things that are in the house, have he still stands, they have to be burnt. Rama finishes off. Actually, is asik besichas harashoyim shualetzonus veloshen hara. This will not stop until the wicked, the Rambam refers to them as the wicked, will cease the mockery and the loshen hara. So, what do we get from the words of the Rambam? That sadas is not a sin. It's not a punishment for a sin. A sin that was already done. But rather something that a person had in mind to do. It's a warning sign. It's a flag. Telling him, straighten your act out. Don't get into trouble. person was... Dabra Melech says in the beginning of Tehillim, Ashish shaleholach batzas t'shoyim why three different expressions? And he explains, Ashish greatest for the person Ashley Holach. He doesn't even start to go. Because once you start walking with them, then you stop and you stand and stand in one place with them. And then ultimately, you sit down with them. Don't start. Don't start walking on the path. Avoid at all costs. David wants to warn the person, stay away. So he makes this sign. And he goes from the simplest to the hardest. To wake the person up and to warn him, give him a wake-up call. Now we understand... What is Tazriya? Pasha Negoyim. Just like Tazriya starts our new life. Like when we plant in the ground, you have to bring new things to the to earth, to the surface. Same thing also as the Negoyim. They go into a person, they start now a new life for him. Because they tell the person, change your lifestyle. Avoid getting into the major, major problems here. Live from henceforth a new life. Change your ways. Lashon Hara is something that cannot be described. I've told the story many times of the woman that told Lashon Hara. and came to the Rav and said, I, did, I told Lashon Hara. 
I want to do tshuva. And the Rav said, go to, to, go to the market, buy a chicken. Take the chicken to the sheikhet. She says, the Rav is giving her a solution. He's telling her how to bring a carbon to save her from her Avera. He says, have the sheikhet check, check the chicken for you. And then make sure every feather is off before you bring it to me, because I'm allergic to the feathers. <laughs> So the woman was running from the sheikhit and she decided in the street she's not going to wait anywhere because she wants to make sure this is done. And she's flicking the chicken as she's running in the street. It was a very windy day and the feathers were flying all over the place. And she gets to the dove's door and she sees the last feathers pop out. And she comes into the dove and shows him a beautiful, clean carbon, a sacrifice that he offered, that he had told her to offer. And he looks at it and he sees, yeah, there's no feathers. She says, no, I did it on the way here. I took care of them. I pulled out every one. Okay. Now there's one more part to your tshuva. Go collect all the feathers. But she said, but Rebbe, the feathers are in every, on towns miles away by now. It's a windy day. They must have been carried to who knows where. He said, the same is with your Lashon Hara. That Lashon Hara has gone out. You can't take it back. You can't retrieve it. You said it. What did you want to accomplish with your Lashon Hara? Everyone has a, go- a goal, or most people, in most cases, it's a vendetta. But they feel that instead of it being a vendetta, they use a kosher word for it. They try to kosher it. And they say, well, we're this and we're that, and we're only letting you know because. So this kasha symbol comes out against this kasha symbol. And this shul comes out against this shul. And this mikveh again. Well, it's all one thing on top of the other. But we have to let the people know. We have to let the people know so they should be safe. They should be holy. They should be kosher. We must know that you can't do such things. If a person, you want to know that a person did something wrong, you want to reproach them, you feel you're the right person, the Al-Tarebbe writes according to the Torah, you can only say Musa to somebody who's Amisecho, who's your peer, who you're respected by, who's going to listen to you. And that's if you see the person actually doing the sin. If you know the person did a sin, a year ago, five, ten, twenty years ago, you cannot tell people, I heard this story. This is Isser Lashon Hara Mamish. And there's no Rav in the world that would give a hatter for it. And therefore, the tailor tells us, in order to start life from new, one needs to watch and be careful about how they talk and what they say about people. And you shouldn't say anything about people. There was a chassid that obviously must have spoken Portuguese because he used to travel to Brazil often. He lived in New York. Not necessarily spoke Portuguese. And he traveled 
to Brazil to speak. And he developed a rapport with a lot of people there. One day, after one of his lectures, one of the people came over to him, and he says, Rabbi, I'll tell you the truth. Personally, I'm not very religious. I should be doing much better than I do. I don't. I will confess. But, my daughter left home. She went off to New York, and she joined the cult. And um, I know you live in New York, and she's not taking our calls anymore. We don't even know where she lives. Here's her number. Please, when you go back to New York, reach out to her. Chassan said, what could it be? Asking such a thing, such a favor. And he traveled back to New York, and he called, and lo and behold, she answered the phone. He said, Shalom, my name is Rabbi so-and-so. I was just in Brazil. I have regards from your family. She says, Rabbi, can I talk to you? She says, of course. (laughs) (coughs) Apparently that day, something in the cult really struck her bad. So it was the perfect timing for him. And they met, and they sat, and they spoke about Yiddishkeit again and again and again. And so finally she decided she's going to a school for Balas Chuvas, for women. Okay. Baruch Hashem. Story has a better ending. The um, girl locates several years, a few years later, locates this rabbi, and she says, listen, I went to the yeshiva, I became from, I'm totally from, I met a bacha from a Balchuvi yeshiva, we care very much for each other, and we're getting married. We'd like you very much to officiate the wedding. He says, fine, when can we meet? I'd like to meet the chassan, talk. No, the chassan came to the rabbi, to the rabbi. And everything is beautiful. He has yichas. What's yichas? Yuchsen. We'll discuss it later in the shir, hopefully. He has yichas, he has lineage. There's a very famous rav in Varsha, in Warsaw, before the war, was, was killed in the war, Rechman al-Tzan. Zemba. His great-grandfather was Benachem Zemba. Beautiful. However, he didn't know the name. He knew his great-grandfather was a big rabbi in Warsaw. And was killed in the war. And his grandfather also was killed in the war. And therefore, when his father survived and came here to America, he said, Noah, no more. I saw my grandfather, the big Rav, killed. I saw my father, family. No more. Me and God are not connected. So the stipulation that the father has, 
he'll come to the wedding, but he wants nothing to do with the chuppah. He doesn't want to hear anything about religion, doesn't want, nothing, don't give him no blessings, no, nothing. No, you insist, you insist. And I'm warning you, it's going to be, if they do, so, it was a little rocky waters here. So the day of the wedding, Chassid writes to the Rebbe. However, it, the Rebbe had gone to the ale. The Rebbe had gone to the ale. It doesn't make sense the other way around. It must have been the Rebbe was on his way to the ale when the Rebbe read the letter. And the Rebbe told that in those days there was a car phone. What we call today a cell phone. Those days it was a car phone. Where you picked up the, car, the phone in the car and dialed. You had an antenna on the car. So the Rebbe told the driver to call on the car phone. To tell the Chassid to go to his library... The Rebbe's library is quite extensive. It's an entire building and a half on Eastern Parkway. It's open sometimes, you want to come see it. <coughs> There's some beautiful exhibitions, old, old Svarim. To go to the library, and the Rebbe told him exactly where to look, what number book it was on the shelf. Take that book. I want you to give this to the Chassan Kala under the Chuppah. The Rebbe told this Chassid, I was given this book under my Chuppah by a certain Rav from Warsaw. Now, it didn't connect. It didn't ring the bell. So the guy just did it, the Kabbalah sale. The Rebbe, first of all, the mere fact that the Rebbe was telling him such explicit instructions, he went into the library and found it in, in minutes, because to look through all this, the library, to look for it, the Rebbe directed him mamish to the minute. And, and more so, <laughs> the, the uh, fact that the Rebbe is giving away a sefer, that he values, he treasures, he kept in his library, was a very big thing, a very big phenomenon. Anyway, the chassid goes and he takes the sefer and he goes off to the chuppah. And the music starts, the chassid comes down, the kala comes down. Chassid and kala are in position. And the rabbi, not, not in regular rabbinical form, turns around and tells the crowd, ladies and gentlemen, we are here tonight, a beautiful occasion of the wedding. This wedding is more special than any wedding I've ever been at. And he goes on, he proceeds to explain how he sent a message to the Rebbe, a, bless, a blessing for the Chassan Kala, and the Rebbe not only sent his blessing for the Chassan Kala, 
The Rebbe sent him a gift and asked that the gift be presented to the Chassan Kala under the Chuppah. And the Rebbe said that he received this gift from Rebbe Menachem Zemba under his Chuppah. Under his own Chuppah. And now he's giving it to the Chassan Kala. People were moved, they were touched. It was such a touching story. And the Rebbe is so kind and so nice. So involved to give this to the Chassan Kala and everything. Beautiful thing. Everybody sat there. Some even got teary-eyed. The one person got up and started to walk. Now the Chassid looks and he sees the father walking and he says, Oh no, what did I do? So he thought the father was leaving. He walked out from under the chuppah and he went to get him back. And he goes out of the hall and he sees in the lobby the father standing there. He didn't leave. He's standing there in a corner and he's bawling. He's crying like a baby. And he turns around to the rabbi, to the chassid, and he says, I was wrong. I was wrong. I'm going to change. Please tell me what you want me to do under the chuppah. I will do it. Wow. This was his Elta Zayda Siddha. Siddha from his great-grandfather that the, his great-grandfather gave to the Rebbe under the Rebbe's chuppah and the Rebbe knew that this was the lineage and that this would be the connection. Turning to the Pasha, Ishika Kizazir Vyolda Zohar Erechayim HaKadosh writes, Yirmez HaKosov, the Kaposuk is hinting, Al-Knesset Yisrael HaShem Etzinu Shinekras Isha. The Torah is referring to, making a reference to, Knesset Yisrael, the Yidin, which we find to call, or referred to as Isha. Fala Yimra HaKosov, and the Pasuk says about it, Isha Kizazriya. What does it mean? Pirish. Hezras mitzvahs amaisim tevim, planting mitzvahs amaisim tevim, viola zacha. And they have a boy. Pirish, tiyayladosa zacha, the birth will be masculine. Tiyagula, bebechina zacha, vemedes anetzach. Vamdel anetzach. The geula will be masculine, redemption, and will stand perpetuated. Let's delve into the Erechayim HaKadosh. Erechayim HaKadosh was, was a person of his own right. Erechayim HaKadosh was... <laughs> many Siddiquim we talk about, we say, this Sadiq, we say, Zeichat Sadiq Levraka, or Nishmas Eden, or something to the effect. Dari, you say, Dari Zal HaKadosh, Dari Zal HaChai. Erechayim is always referred to as Erechayim HaKadosh. Chaim Vital, Erechayim HaKadosh. And it's Pirish on the Tera, 
you find in Mikrais Kedelis Chamashmo is, is side by side with the Kliyakar. And the two of them wrote phenomenal, phenomenally deep, yet pertinent Halach explanations of Teda. And they made it. It's, it's a beautiful thing to live with, to live by. So let us understand what the Rechayim is referring to. The reason that the name Isha is said, the Pasik says in Bereshis, Kime Ish from the man I took this, referring of course to the rib that the Almighty took from other Marishan. And therefore, Knesset Yisrael also, Nikraz B'Shem Isha, will be called Isha. Because HaKadosh Baruch is called Ish, the Almighty is called Ish. We know in the Pesach says, Hashem Ish Melchama. <coughs> and the Chazal tell us, if we keep in score at home, which we start to learn soon, Mem Beis Amad Beis, Ein Ish, El HaKadosh Baruch and Knesset Yisrael, which are connected, which are, which belong to Hashem, are called Isha. So now we understand the name Isha goes on a much higher level. A Jew does not want anything for himself. Not physical, not spiritual. His whole concept is Isha, which is belonging to, devoted to, totally to the Ish, to So therefore, it's possible that because of the Hergish, because of the, dear, the endearment, of Ish, of HaKadosh Baruch himself, therefore, the Jew wants to attach himself to HaKadosh Baruch and wants to detach himself from any worldly manners. Until so much so, to the person comes to a point of Kalei Nefesh, as we saw last week, another one of you. And it's even possible to say, Rachman Ali we can be scored home in Sanhedrin, Kuvava Midbeis, 106 side 2. Rashi brings down over there. I have enough. I have a warm heart, a mind. So this is what we learn after the Pasuk Isha Kisazriya. Even someone who's Bechinus Isha, the Jew, needs to be Sazriya. Where says here? Where can you plant? You don't plant in the air. You don't plant in the water. You have to plant in the ground. When you're planting in the ground, if it's not in the ground properly, it's not going to grow. There's a halach in Shabbos, Gimel Tvachim, which is called Lovud. If it's three Tvachim, Lovud, it won't help. 
it still won't be deep enough to, to, to grow. So the Zriya must be dafke deep in the ground. Kipshuter. And the kavan of this thing is that together with the person's high madrega being Isha, he must involve himself in the Kiyama Mitzvah of Mamish. The person needs to see to it that although he wants to attach himself to God, he wants to only be one with God, his involvement now is world. And in the worldly Bepeil Mamish, person needs to take what he has today in the world and work with it. And through this comes Viol the Zacha. Through this will become the Geula, Bechina Zacha, Amdlanetzach. So this takes many different dimensions. This takes on the dimension of the person's behavior, where the person needs to say to himself, Even if I did X, Y, or Z in the past, I need to be A, B, and C today. And I act A, B, C, and I live that. I, I live that life. I lead that life. I act that way. I behave that way. And people therefore need to look at him and say, "This is the person that we're talking about today." We don't delve into the person's past. And secondly, the person needs to understand that the world is where we are today. And it's in this very world that we can accomplish our mission, that we become one with Hashem. There was a family from Morocco. And they were married for 10 years, they had no children. And they weren't from where he should have been, but he wasn't. And he came to the Rebbe. He heard about the Rebbe. He knew they needed a miracle, obviously. 10 years is not a good story. He came to the Rebbe. And the Rebbe gave them a bracha. And they had a little girl. Baruch Hashem. They had a beautiful little girl. News went by. Why haven't you spoken till now? There was no problems. Years went by and suddenly Rahman al-Islam, the girl, started getting headaches. They went to the doctors and the doctors said she has a terrible, terrible brain tumor. Inoperable. So here the man found himself again by the door of the Rebbe with his pot in his hand, his letter. Still not being very firm. And he stands in front of the Rebbe, gives the Rebbe his pan, his letter, and he just starts to cry and to cry and to cry as the Rebbe is reading the letter and the description. It was Purim time. 
And the Rebbe said, why are you crying? It's other. We have to be b'simcha and other. You can't cry in other. And he's crying, he's telling the Rebbe, but, but my situation, the situation, my daughter, you gave us a bracha finally for her and everything, and now, but you're crying in my office, you're bringing sadness on other, chedesh other, you're bringing sadness into my office. You have to be happy on your other. And the way the Rebbe was talking to him, he started to feel, to feel. Actually, I think the first time he only got, he wrote to the Rebbe. He didn't go into the Rebbe. This is the first time he saw the Rebbe. And that's what took him, made him so emotional. And the Rebbe said, the power of other is simcha. Happiness, simcha, paid together. Joy breaks all boundaries. And therefore, said the Rebbe, and the Rebbe picked up his hands, said, V'nahafachu. It'll turn over. V'nahafachu, the Rebbe said. A few times, turning his hands over. The guy was, was mesmerized. But the Rebbe finished. So he backed out. <laughs> he got outside the door, and he realized that the Rebbe didn't tell him should he make the, oper- the operation or not. He came to find out what to do about the surgery. The kid said, he wanted to go back in. He said, nothing happening. That's not happening here. We're going to be people are waiting. And this doesn't happen. Right. So he wrote to the Rebbe, and the Rebbe said, to ask a friend, another doctor. So he called a doctor, a friend of his in Morocco, I guess. And they were discussing about a place in Boston that uh, does such surgeries. That's why he came to America. And he said, yes, go ahead, go through with it. Anyway, they come into the surgery, scheduled for several hours. And at this point in time, religious, not religious, they found Tillams. And they were sitting and praying, the husband and wife were sitting in the waiting room, bawling their eyes out, waiting for this surgery of several hours to hopefully save the daughter's life. After about an hour, the doctors came out. And they had a baffled look on their faces. Totally befuddled. Are you the parents of this girl? They started to cry. They said, yes, yes, we are. They thought that the doctor is going to come and give him the worst of news. And the husband stood up. They said, yes, doctor. The doctor says, it's not possible that this head that we just operated on, started operating on, is the same head that was x-rayed yesterday. Because we x-rayed yesterday a head that had a massive tumor. And we opened her head up and there's nothing there. 
This is a, a miracle, only a miracle can be described. And doctors don't use those words. It had to be, some kind of miracle happened here. And the guy obviously realized where the miracle came from. Vinahapachu. It doesn't finish. Stories don't end. Because the girl didn't wake up. She wasn't waking up. She wasn't waking up. They didn't know what to do. Then, she wasn't waking up. He wrote to the Rebbe again. And again, a bracha from the Rebbe. And after the bracha from the Rebbe, before he even got back to tell his wife that the Rebbe gave a bracha, the girl was already talking. However, there was a little problem. She wasn't talking clearly. And she had memory lapses. She didn't remember certain things. So now, another concern came about. But they weren't going to be chazedim, as we say. So they stood down. They spent Pesach in Boston. And then, they spent Pesach in Boston. And, no, sorry, not in Boston, in Flatbush, Brooklyn. And the um, fellow remembered in Morocco, Rebuchol Lipsker, a blessed memory, used to fabring on Achan Pesach. To talk about Sudas Mashiach and how special it was. So he decided he's going to go. He wants to be by the Rebbe. And he came to Crown Heights. And he walked into the Fabrengen. Fabrengen was a good couple of thousand people. The Rebbe would talk. Nobody stirred. You were able to hear the Rebbe's voice throughout the whole show. And the Rebbe spoke for hours. And the Rebbe would speak a sikha sometimes for 35 minutes, for 45 minutes, sometimes longer. Then the Rebbe would make a break. Not make a break. The Rebbe would finish the sikha. And they would sing a nigan. Chassidim would sing a nigan. And Chassidim would say the chayim. They'd hold up a cup of wine and the Rebbe would answer the chayim of bracha. Obviously a bracha to get from the Rebbe. The Rebbe tells you the chayim of bracha. So this guy came to this Fabrengen. Two for Yiddish, he didn't understand too much. But he managed to see the Rebbe. This is what he wanted to do. He wanted to see the Rebbe. But he didn't realize that amongst these thousands of people, the Rebbe saw him. The Rebbe called him over. And the Rebbe said to him, the Rebbe took two pieces of matzah. 
The Rebbe said to him, there's two opinions of matzah. One is, is matzah is, is michlud memnusa, that gives belief, gives faith. And one is michlud dasfusa, the healing. Tomorrow, the Rebbe said, in Morocco, if you remember, <laughs> the Rebbe is telling about the minhag in Morocco, it's called memuna. Day after Pesach is called Memuna, which comes from the word Emuna. And then we begin the Chaydish Ear, which Ear stands for Ani Hashem Rofecha. This piece is for your daughter, and this piece is for you. For her, for the Refua, and for you, for your Emuna. And he came running back home, and he sat down with his daughter. They ate their matzah. And she started to talk and remember everything. And he started to put on film and remember everything there too. I heard the story. Very, very powerful story. At a face of people should see to it that the young children are put to sleep for rest. For several good reasons. The reason Shachanarach says is so they be up by the Seder. The reason the uh, wife says is so that she can work. Um, tradition of playing with filberts, nuts on Pesach stems from a source the source is pleasure simple they used to give children nuts to play with by the Seder keep them awake matzahs that you buy you must see to it that you pay for before Pesach so the matzah should be yours Erev Pesach is a special matzah. However, Baruch Hashem, the baker is not letting you out of the door without paying for it. They charge like $9 a matzah. Yeah. Someone's got to pay the bills. Anyway. People should make sure that they have by the Seder enough matzah for everybody is going to eat, Ketanim G'daylem, going to eat the proper shiurim. Obligation, every head of a city, they should worry, make sure, <coughs> everybody has what they need for Pesach. A fellow called up once and asked, oh, can I drink dollar cases of milk? It's cheaper than wine. Stadov said, please come to my house. He came to the Rav and the Rav gave him way more money than it cost wine. He says, Rebbe, I could buy enough wine to drown me. Why are you giving me so much money? He says, my child, if you had chicken or meat, you wouldn't be drinking milk for the third and fourth case. So you obviously don't have that either. Everyone should make sure they have a case before Yom Tif. That is the proper shear. And they have enough wine for the dollar cases. Karpas, salt water, modern chareses, and everything should be prepared beforehand. Especially this year, there's no preparation by the Seder. It's Friday night.
if a person is going to have, they can, if they have the hachava, they should prepare the way it should be. Basar and dogim. person should check their matzahs every Pesach to make sure that they have proper matzahs, they're not folded, they're not blown up or anything like that. In those days, it wasn't like today, people baked their own matzahs. Sometimes they had accumulated their matzahs over the course of two weeks that they baked a few matzahs a day. So Erev Pesach, you should cover all the matzahs and they took challah. Today's days we bake, everybody bakes wholesale. We baked yesterday. And they take off challah as you take the wagon. But challah should be taken from Erev Pesach matzahs at least. If a person forgot to be mafresh during the day, the sepi shechala, they can do totil ben eshmashes. Out of Eretz you don't separate challah, because you can wait till matziyantiv. Because we say that eichel v'achakach mafresh. In Eretz Yisrael, you can do it on yantiv. That shell obviously has to be taken off also the Trumas Maestris while it's still daytime. Like everything else, Pesach. Like all the other things you need for Pesach. Make sure all the vessels are tabled to the mikveh while it's still day. Generally, you'd be allowed to tilbe Hashmashas, but not this year because it's Shabbos. person buys a new agoda or a magzer in most circles, except for Chabad, you should go through the pages before Yom Tif to make sure none of the pages are stuck so you don't tear on Shabbos, on Yom Tif. Um, They got stuck only afterwards, then you can open, then you can take it. If they're stuck from the ink and the letters, the wetness of the paper, then you can't separate it because you're erasing the words. The others have a custom that on Pesach they only used sifted water. It's a nice chumrah, and they uh, use proper cheesecloth, and they fill up barrels of water, and that's the use only on Pesach. Um, for cooking, for eating, this is the use. Washing dishes. They put a, 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 a filter on the thing. Yeah. A new dish, Pesach, a new kaida, which is made by a goy, even though it's a seder plate. Um, still needs tefillah. They have to take it to the mikveh. If it's made by a guy. Usually, 
this is unlikely that it's made by a goy today. That's if you're holding the matzahs on it, especially. If it's only there to separate the matzahs, then it's not so important. One should remember to adjust their Shabbos clocks before Yom Tif, so that you don't sit in the dark during the Seder. Um, sometimes it's a good idea not to adjust it, and therefore people leave earlier. Now, um, Shimshin Astrapolya as a Maimon the Tzach Adash V'achav it's printed in many Agodas people have a custom to learn it it's a schooler to learn it out of Pesach I don't have it in our Agoda during the during the Seder it's a mitzvah to discuss the Agoda not just read it off and say, okay, let's eat. And we teach the child the makis before Pesach, you're not allowed to teach the child in order. On Pesach? Before Pesach, if you're teaching the children the makis, you don't teach them in order. One second. There's many different drushes in this whole thing. The Yehuda gave Simonim the Tzach Adash Bachav. It says in the Haggadah. It talks about the Makis, and it says Yehuda gave Simonim, and the Simonim word the Tzach Adash Bachav. Which is the Ten Makis. An acronym for each one. In that Goyes, Maimon explains, because in Tehillim, he doesn't use the regular order. Simran Yeches, he gave Simon not the way it's in the Torah. What's the reason that Davar Melech Shalom changed the Seder? There are those that say it's Pashat Sakona to mention Nazikin. It's dangerous to mention anywhere, any, any of these da- things that damage. And the Makis were all punishments. They were all Nazikin. Therefore, they changed the order. So that the, the hoses that ch- channeled down that the, the destruction that they brought, that they wrought over Mitzrayim, should be turned around. Shouldn't come to hurt anybody. Masha'inkin on Pesach, where we sit by the Seder, and it's called Lel Shimurim, the night that we are protected of everything. Ah, 
then we could say it in the Seder. Because we live, and when we live with the child before Pesach, we change the Seder. Because of Sakana. And that's why he gave the simon the Tzach Adash Bachav. That's how it has to be said by the Seder. But not the way it's taught. That's what Rabbi Yehuda came up to tell us. Erev Pesach, food consumption. After the 11th hour, you should not eat matzah ashira. We don't eat matzah from Rishchidosh. Some people don't eat from Purim. Some people don't eat from the week of Pesach. First, eating it, he has to stop immediately. The main thing is that when we sit down to the Seder, we should eat with our proper appetite. And we should enjoy our matzah because that's what we want to be eating. Enjoying our matzah because that's what Yom Tif is all about. If you know that the Suda is going to go till after the 10th hour, you shouldn't start before. Fruits, vegetables, meat, fish, cheese, egg, not together obviously. Any other foods you could eat till after the 10th hour. Just be careful not to become too full. You should come to the Seder with an appetite. And the fact of the matter is that once the Seder starts, until the davening might have, until everything, howl and everything, so you get home and you sit down, until you do the action, the Seder is not, the food is not starting for a while. You're not thinking, the matzah, matzah is not going to start for at least another hour. So you, you have that time for a little bit of digestion. Usually you can get away with having a proper appetite for coming to the matzah. Vegetables can be eaten either way, raw, cooked. And uh, those that have a hatter to eat peris, yevation, dried fruits, out of Pesach to chatzis, even though we don't eat them on Pesach itself, those have a custom not to eat chazeres, which is modern, out of Pesach, so that by night you enjoy it better. Ha ha ha. Um, something cooked, mezainus, anything made from kemach, you're allowed to eat all day long. Some say only to lasidus. Kemach from kidneys, you can eat all day for sure. And ground fish or meat, some matzamel, you can eat all day long. Personally, we don't do that in Chabad. Um, main thing is that the Shabbos should be a chedish zalachem, should be a the three sifritera, and with the dance of the three sifritera out of the Golas, and Yerushalayim, and Akredish, Shabbat Shalom to all.